tucking my tucking my earlobes in. <laughs> so, you really? know, when I was a kid, uh, I've had this size ear my entire life. Your ears haven't grown at all. So well, you were born as a that. newborn with the exact size ears you have now, like adult size ears, roughly. And I have the photos to prove it. Please tell me that's true. Yeah, and I have the the childhood nickname uh, uh, to prove it as well. Kids called me Dumbo. No, they didn't. They did. Neil. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's taken 43 years to grow into these. <laughs> Are you at the point where I could call you that and it'd be like a funny like ah ha ha? It never really bothered me. Yeah. Back then either. You're kind of like. Eh. Cool elephant. People I mean, like him. Yeah, elephant and that I want to be liked. Yeah. yeah, I. I mean, I had, and I knew it. I yeah. was very aware that I had large ears. Yeah. Yeah. There's um. You could hear really well though. Well, I don't think those two things are connected. Okay. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I don't actually know. <laughs> I like that though. Um, I think when I was a, a kid, I, I was just self-aware, and and I think you know, I looked in the mirror and I'm like, this is gonna be a problem in school. Mm. My kids aren't gonna like this. And it was only a few kids, yeah. and, uh, but there's one picture of me particularly as, um, I don't know, I think maybe like one and a half or two, yeah. and I'm in a high chair, and it's a profile view, and you can just see these these bad boys. They're just <laughs> something just something else. They're just long. Yeah. They're too big. Bulky. Uh, there's a lot of bulk in those. They're, yeah. Yes, yeah. Girth. Wow. My girthy ears. Wow. That's it. So, <laughs> I think is that... Strange. So, anyways, yeah, I was just t- tucking in my uh, <laughs> your your ears. I was just tucking, yes, tucking them in. It's interesting. I've never noticed. Did you have nicknames? Your, your in- ears. Um, people called me Jarhead, and I don't know why, mm. but it just stuck for a long time to the point where people would call me that, like in different social circles, and I did not perpetuate that. Like people at church would like call me Jarhead when I was really little. Probably like, the spelling like of your name, eight nine. Yeah, yeah Jared, J- Jared, J R and. Jarhead. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, to the point that I adopted it as my, you know, my like 12 year old email address. Mm. Um, and it still serves as my junk address. Mm. So I still will like share that with people <laughs> like at the store, like, <laughs> hey, in order to check you out, we need your email address so we can spam you and we're going to yeah. hold you hostage and your yeah. goods without letting you buy things unless you let us spam you with information. And so anyways, you get you get that. Too. Yeah. And so, so I'll was, share that. And they're like, oh, so you served head. in the service. And I was like, no. Is it just Jarhead at like? It's Jarhead and a series of numbers at Yahoo. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to need that no, email address. No. It's well, a secret. I also would like to give retailers <laughs> my, my email spam email address. address. Yeah. Oh, yeah. goodness. So anyways, yeah, they would, they would call me Jarhead. It was interesting. And it, it wasn't a jab. It was just like a weird observation, I guess. And I, I don't know. Elementary school, it was, they called me Dumbo. A couple kids called me Dumbo. And then in junior high... I got called Porky. It was, it was, wow. Yeah, kids were, you know, it's kids. You change in the locker room and they didn't. Those didn't, are mean things. I didn't look the way they wanted me to look. And so a couple of kids called me Porky. It's weird that they'd have a desired look for you. Like, ah, you don't look the way I want you to. You know how kids can be sometimes. Yeah, kids are little yeah. vicious monsters. They can be. Yeah. They can be. Well, adults yeah. can be too. Yeah, people. People are just vicious yeah, people monsters. People as a whole. Yeah. Because they're all sinful. That we are. That's how we bring it back to the gospel, right? We say like, oh, yes, those kids yeah. needed Jesus, and that's why they treated you that way. Yeah. After you call children monsters, yeah, we got to get back to Jesus. <laughs> I have children. <laughs> I know what they are capable of. Yes. Jude had on overalls yesterday. He did. Yeah. A little train. Uh, I liked your. <laughs> I liked your comment. <laughs> I, we should have gotten him a little. Yeah, you get conductor. Back to the railroad, there, kid. Oh, uh, dude! Last night, uh, right before bed, 
Addison likes to do this thing where she will run and jump onto us. Mm. Like so so Sarah was sitting on the floor and Addison just ran and jumped at her and unprepared. Like, oh. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so Sarah put a pillow down and so there she was running back and forth and and it's really cute. Anyways, she spills in the middle of running to Sarah and eats the edge of our end table next to our couch. Like oh, wow. the corner goes into her face. Oh yeah. Um and so Right then, we're like, "Oh no!" Um, so I grab her, and and immediately blood just starts pouring out of her mouth. And we're like, oh, boy. "Is there going to be a tooth loose? Yeah. Like, do we need to go to the ER? Like, what right. what level yeah. is this?" But as we all know, injuries to the mouth, even when they're minor, can result in a lot of blood, like yeah. your tongue, um, sure. that kind of stuff. And so we got her mouth cleaned out, had her take some drinks to clear her mouth so we could open it up and kind of see what's going on in there. And she just, I, I'm pretty sure she just bit the side of her tongue really, yeah. really bad. But oh, yeah, boy. so that was kind of sad. So I, I sent her a message. I just took a video this morning once I got here to the office and, and sent it to her to, to talk to her and stuff. And so it's just, I don't know. You, you brought up kids. We ta- started talking <laughs> about kids being monsters and all of a sudden I'm like, I want to talk about my babies. <laughs> Uh, it's weird, dude. Like, I, yeah. I don't know why. I will accost you guys with pictures of my kids. I'm turning into that person. That's I'm okay. Like, hey, I want to share uh, stories about my children that are only meaningful to me. Are you ready? Like, that's that's how I live my life now. It's a beautiful thing. It's unbelievable. Like, I, I'm so caught off guard by just becoming that, that dad. Is like, it recent? Did it just happen? No, but it, it seems like it's increasing over time. Yeah. Like when I when we first had them, I'm just like, yeah, we got babies. They're cool. And yeah. like as they've grown and they're becoming, you know, Addison has, she's Addison. Like she has her personality. Right. She yeah. has her crazy curly hair and she's so cute. And then, you know, Judah is starting to walk and starting to do yeah. more things. Like we were at the church yesterday and over the weekend, I heard so many comments about him being a fast crawler. Yes. It's very funny. Yeah. And so yesterday to see him just kind of crawling away from you and me uh, after church and just at, going at a, up super quick. Yeah, at an unreasonable <laughs> so pace. so funny. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I just want to talk about. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, these kids are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we can start a children's podcast. <laughs> Where we just talk about our kids. We take turns swapping stories. Thank you for joining us at the Jarhead Podcast. Oh my gosh, no. No? That'd be okay. terrible. Okay. Should we welcome people? Let's do it. All right. Hey, welcome to the Atrium, a Hope Christian Church podcast. I'm Jared, creative arts pastor here at. I didn't. I didn't power I up. I know. I'm. I'm trying to. It'll come up later. It will. Yeah. It's I'm creative arts. <laughs> I'm creative arts pastor here at Hope Christian Church. And who are you? My name's Neil, and I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Christian Church. And this or, is episode. You're being dishonest. Your real name is Cornelius. Well. Allegedly. Did you like that I titled the podcast that? I was fine with that. Okay. Yeah. By the way, if you don't like the titles, it's Jared. It is all me. We started <laughs> off trying to like, I remember you and me were like, what's we thematic? Once or what's twice, what's right, helpful? Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was just like, nah. And you just took the reins. <laughs> like, I, I don't even ask you anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I hope he's okay yeah, with this. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's not. I'm as curious as anyone. Well, no, there you go. Yeah. Uh, anyways, you were asking me what were you Episode. Asking? What episode is this? Nine. nine. It is nine. Oh, man. That's crazy. We're going to be in double digits next week. That's how many Star Wars movies. There, well, Star Star. Well, I don't know. How do they categorize them? Because there's episodes one through nine yeah. of Star Wars. But then there's like Rogue One, uh, Han Solo. Yeah. Well, there's the movies and then there's the Star Wars stories. Okay. I guess. I don't know. When don't he, they say Han Solo? For those Star of you Wars that story? were listening, when he changed his voice, he was air quoting. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was air quoting. Yeah, out of anger. 
his anger. Jar Jar. <laughs> right. yeah. Rachel How dare saw, you exist. Where were we at? We were at a store. We went to the mall this weekend. We find that the mall is just a good place to help Henry get out some energy. Oh, for sure. In these, you know, kind of rainy, still cold in between spring days mm-hmm. where we'd like to be outside. And he's a kid with a lot of energy. So we yep. go to we go to the mall and he just, he'll actually get tired. And we'll yep. have to get like one of those little push cart jobby mm-hmm. strollers in. But uh, we saw a shirt and it was a Star Wars shirt. Really? Yeah. And Rachel's like, should you get that for Jared? <laughs> and I said, well, it doesn't have... Jar Jar Banks on it. I would not wear that shirt. <laughs> Unless it <laughs> was ironic. I can't remember. Unless it was Jar Jar ironically. and The mall was busy. Was it really? It was busy. We went out to Strongsville Mall, South Park. Well, you'd have to because I don't know. Yeah. I don't even think Great Northern is all that it's, raucous these days. No, well, yeah. I mean, we were surprised. It was a Saturday. Yeah. But I was oh, surprised at just how busy. It was good to see. Yeah. Like, I, I was glad that it's it like was busy. Ah, civilizational yeah. life. We rode the train. Dude. Yeah. Rode That's the train. why you were in that conductor mindset, seeing Judah in his overalls. You're like, ah, I saw you yesterday in the train. Train is just so uncomfortable. Is it? It's one of those little ones, right, for little kids. But they're like, hey, yeah. parents, you can ride this too. And you can. Like, I don't really fit in here, but okay. Yeah, I got, I found a way in. Did you just sit in, like, the train cart behind Henry I was, and Rachel, or did you actually sit with Henry? No, we could all fit. Rachel, Henry, and I all really? fit. Really? Uh, yeah, we were on the, uh, the caboose. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Which was nice because it didn't have a, a roof on the back, like half of it. Oh, so yeah. So I was able to sit up. So it's just you right. and your head sticking up? Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> a yeah. great image. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, yeah, so nine. Episode nine. That's crazy. Yeah. That was a, good. Yeah. I, I, anyway, so I'm not going to revisit and say the same thing we've we, been. We don't have to. Today. Uh, <laughs> so you, my friend, had a busy weekend. I did. I had a women's conference to play at, and you boy, did. oh boy, was it a time! Yeah, dude, it was, dude, it was great. I mean, you yeah, were there. I was. It was really good. Yeah, it was a busy week, so we had. A I lot repeatedly of was getting asked, "Why are you here?" by by some of the ladies. They're like, "What are you doing here?" Well, you're the pastor of the church. And I was There's like, not often opportunities for you to be ministered to, and so you have to take every opportunity <laughs> you get, right? <laughs> I was supporting the women's ministry. Of course, yeah. yeah. I kept saying, well, I work here. And they kept saying, well, that's debatable. <laughs> well, you're supposed to not Would be you here. call it work? They, I, I think what it was was under, it was almost passive aggressive, like, oh, you're here? Yeah. Like, I got that too. And then they're like, oh, you're playing guitar. Okay, right. I guess you can. Someone asked it. me, they said, what's your, what's your role here today? And I was like... You know, I guess I'll just take off. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I have no fantastic. here. No, it was great. I was, yeah, it was nice to meet uh, Barb uh, Roos was the speaker. And yeah, she she's a just, cool uh, lady. Yeah, just lovely lady. And yeah. Uh, yeah, just a great, great job. Busy weekend. Yeah. You led worship. And then this was your debut. Yeah. For preaching. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought you did great. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I was, I was excited to do it. Um, you know, and part of it was, uh, it's just a busy season. Um, so in some ways it, well, it's interesting that the series that we're in, I am, it's about kind of taking a rest from, uh, doing and simply getting to see and see and savor Christ Yeah, as some say. Um, and so going into it, just feeling, um, you know, the Lord was good to me. I got everything done and I felt like I, I had something to share and yeah, and had some time to dig into the to the passage and stuff. But all that's to say, it was busy leading up to Sunday. You know, we had the conference. There was a lot of stuff 
that went into it and behind the scenes that fell under you know kind well, of your wife Sarah led worship Sarah led she was great yeah I played so we had uh, multiple you, rehearsals this week for Sunday morning and then for the conference yeah um, and then we've got Easter coming up so there's some of that in the works too so all that's to say is it's been a busy time yeah um, for sure and so going into the sermon a, a, a part of me felt like um, I didn't get to spend as much time as I would have liked to or would have expected to. But in that, it, it felt like almost, again, going back to the series and the purpose behind it, it gave me an opportunity to rest in presenting some, something simple. You know, it's not, yeah. I, I don't need to go into all kinds of crazy detail about this or that. It's just a time for us to reflect on who Jesus says he is. Um, and this week, that was as the Good Shepherd. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, so. I thought you did a great. I thought you did a great job. Thanks, man. Yeah, I loved how you brought in Psalm twenty three. I was hoping you would. Yeah, you would do that. Yeah, um, that's kind of that. It wasn't. It wasn't a hard connection to make. Well, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. That's true. You know, um, sometimes, sometimes if um, you don't get opportunity to preach all the time, yeah, uh, the danger. And I'm speaking as one who you know, preach when I was a worship leader. Sure. Um, Tim let me preach a few times. Tim was the former pastor here and he would let me preach. And I felt this, I felt like I had so much that I wanted to share, so much I was right. excited about that I, I I would wind up just putting too much mm. into um, a sermon right. and leaving, you know, maybe somewhat uh, people confused maybe a little bit. Sure. So what was the final, you know, destination? Right. We implement, you know, we talked about, you know, spot story preaching last week and how do we ap- apply this to our lives? What's the yeah. implementation? And so, you know, the, the danger or, or the restraint that's required, I, I should say, when you don't preach that often is to, you know, kind of keep it, you know, it's simple. When I say simple, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about the, the simplicity of, of a particular sure. text, but just yeah. something easy that people can take away and, easy and to take digest. home. And yeah, yeah, you know, just kind of resting in the goodness of the good, the good shepherd. But mm-hmm. in that, sometimes I've made or missed some of those connections. Sure, where it's like you know, the sermons about shepherd, and yeah, and then off, you know, for me, when I first started preaching, like, I felt this uh, pressure to be profound. To oh, be sure. Profound. Yeah. You know, I'm going to connect something that no one's ever connected in scripture before. <laughs> this is a brand new concept. Right. Which if it is <laughs> like, you might not want to make that connection. <laughs> because right. if, if no one else has made it. No um, one in 2000 years has ever thought of this. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, you know, I try to have like these lapel mic drop moments oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that quickly, you know, the Lord quickly squashed that in me. So I thought you did just a great job editing Thanks, yourself. Man. I think that's half of. Yeah, that was, that was definitely an area uh, where, you know, the concept of Jesus as good shepherd, there's so much sim- symbolism. There's so much there to talk about. And even in the passage itself, yeah. uh, you know, we read at the forefront, John 10, 11 through 14. We really only parked on the first half of John, 11, John 10 verse 11 for most of the time. And then yeah. kind of landed on the tail end of verse 11 where he says the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That was kind of our communion text. And so, um, yeah. I mean, it goes back to last week. We were talking about different styles of preaching and stuff like yeah. that. And it's like, you can go into, <laughs> if you're a detailed person, there is no lack of detail for you to oh, dive into, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And so there's always that temptation of, I'm going to get in so deep and I'm going to share something that no one's ever heard before. And they're going to say, wow, what an amazing preacher. And then most of the time, if you try and do that, if if your goal is to do that, you will inevitably inevitably leave people confused. 
You should um, probably retire. Yeah. I think if, that, if your goal is to elevate right. yourself. Right. Yeah. And show off like, look how you're smart wrong, I am. Yeah. You're in the wrong biz. <laughs> right. Like, this so, is not, yeah. um, but I think there's, there can sometimes be that temptation. Did you outline or did you manuscript? Uh, so I outline, it's a hybrid. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll have a basic outline and I'll have sections set aside where I really can have, it's more, it's more, um, specific to what I want to say. And so I write it out and have it available so that I can actually read it. There are certain, certain things. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was coming. (laughs) I was going to let you have it. There you go. Thanks man. (laughs) You didn't take that over. That was was really kind of you. (laughs) Oh, there's so much to that sentence. (laughs) So much deeper Uh, than anyone knows. Oh boy. Um. (laughs) See me after the podcast. please. Yeah, okay. Like somebody finished the sentence. Uh, I didn't hey, mean. Con- that. Congratulations, Hotshot. Well, that's look, not what I meant. Look who's tiny tongue uh, decided to stay behind their teeth. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'll, I'll receive it. There are certain <laughs> things in the sermon that I want to say a specific way, yeah. and I don't want to say a different way. I, yeah. I want to yeah. deliver it a certain way, and so. Those are the things that I don't trust myself to just remember. Right. Those are the ones that I'll actually type out and have yeah. um, there. And but that then other things will be kind of key phrases or key words that will be oh yeah that's where I'm going next or that's my connecting point. Yeah. A lot of it is transitions for me is making sure that I help myself remember a specific transition from thought to thought. Yeah. Um, because you know I can sometimes if I'm trying to go completely off script and off notes. I can get lost and um, kind of lose my place. And it's like, yeah. once I lose my place, I'm not a nervous person. Like I've been in front of people enough to just be like, eh. if I mess up, I mess up and it's okay. Cause people go on and they won't think about it nearly as much as I will, if at all, cause yeah. they just don't care. Yeah. I'm not that important of a person. Um, but you know, nerves can creep in and you get that tunnel vision. You're like, oh, I man. don't know where yeah. I am. And I know. you know, so that's happened. The very to me f- enough to learn how to mitigate that. And so down the, you know, you do it enough times and you've learned kind of your, you've made the mistakes and you kind of learn how, what, what you need to have on the page, but not have too much to right. keep you from actually interacting with people. Yeah. You know, so what were you going to say? Um, the very first Easter I ever um, preached as a lead pastor, uh, I was so nervous, mm. so nervous. And, the place was just jammed because it was Easter and it was like people standing in the back and yeah. we had two services at that time and the smaller worship center. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it was just very, very, very packed. And I saw, I walked out, I saw all those people and <laughs> I felt this, you know, I was, you know, a newer pastor. I'd only been preaching for a few yeah, really, I mean, as a lead pastor, I was, the church voted in, in November, and so that would have been April, so it had only been yeah. six months or so, yeah. and I walked out, and I was all hyped up, and I think I was doing, you know, this kind of top 10 Easter candy thing that I was going to open up with, and, you know, every resurrection Sunday, he's risen, yeah, 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 and I was like, you know, it's Easter Sunday, and, uh, and I just blanked, mm. and I looked down at my notes, and I had flipped a page too far, oh, yeah. and I just looked at everybody. I was like, "I lost my place. Hey, <laughs> hang on." And I felt just so embarrassed, and everybody was so kind. Yeah, 
because it's not a, this isn't Broadway. No, <laughs> this is not. No. And it's taken a while to, I don't know. I don't know if I still, you know, have to fight through that. Um, you know, as often as I do it, there's still this part of me that feels a certain level of pressure to, um, perform. And, oh, yeah. and some of that comes from, some of that comes from the interaction I have with people. Yeah. You know, I was here at the, at the conference over the weekend and just had, you know, great conversations with so many of the, the ladies and, and they're just so encouraging, but sometimes in that encouragement will come, um, uh, a pressure, you yeah. know, based on what I'm projecting on sure. what they say. Um, yeah. the gray series was really impactful for a lot of people and mm-hmm. had somebody share how, um, the gray series was, um, the, they said, you know, the best series they'd ever heard preached in a church, mm. which was super nice. Yeah. That's super nice. Um, and, then they said, you know, you, you set the bar pretty high there. And I thought, well, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And I mean, it was very kind and yeah, you know, totally. That, but then I instantly went to the I am series is the I am series, not measuring up to what this person. And so right. I'm a person, man, yeah, like totally. I can get in my own head. And yep. so yeah, Easter, it was resurrection Sunday. And I was like, we're here to celebrate, man. I can't remember. Hang on a second. <laughs> What's today about? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Something about something. Yeah, uh, but it was yeah. It was good. I thought you did great again yesterday, Thanks, and man. I appreciate you opening up and sharing. You know, um, being vulnerable and sharing yeah. a little bit about your yeah, Sarah's sure. history. I certainly know, mm-hmm. you know that, and um, I think that's really helpful for for people. And you know, you could see even yesterday just that the toll that you know took on you guys, and mm. you know, emotionally, um, you put yourself in a vulnerable place, and yeah. you know, you you had that moment where you kind of you teared up and you said what, you know, I told myself I wasn't gonna, yeah. and it's like one of those, you know, cry and, but it, that was such a beautiful moment yeah. um, of vulnerability. And I appreciate you being willing to put yourself in that, that place, um, to open that up for people yeah. because I know there's a lot of people hurting. And yeah. so for people to to know that their, yeah. their pastors hurt as well, even though they should know that sometimes yeah. they think some uh, that we float above some sure. of this stuff and which is, they, they don't realize that, like, you and I have talked about this, and it seems like the Lord uses suffering to refine his people. Yeah. And it he seems, seems that way. He seems to <laughs> want to refine his pastors even more. Um, sometimes, It, it yeah, feels, feels that like way that. sometimes. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, you know, one of the things that is important to me is, you know, we uh, we get to offer comfort because we've receive comfort from the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so it's important that people know that in their suffering, in, in those dark days, uh, in dark seasons where they don't even know when that season is going to end, if ever, uh, that there are those around them who have been there, who know and can point them to the savior who knows above all else, what suffering is. Yeah. Um, so he comforts us in our troubles so that we may comfort, you know, exactly. Troubles and, that's a tough thing to keep in mind when you're dealing with it. I mean, you know, you know, a lot of what we've experienced with Henry over the last five years and, you know, just what we've dealt with medically with him and Rachel Mm -hmm. and me. And there has been many a time where I'm, I have not received that suffering well and just had that moment of, I'm so tired of this. I'm just frustrated. And, um, 
and I wish I, you know, could be in those moments like the Lord's gonna use this, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, He has a great purpose. Right. In this. I'm just like, man, just take it away. Yeah. Like, can you just give us a break? Um, yeah. But He always has. He's always used it, and He's always helped us out. And yeah. He uses it to not just comfort others, but to refine. Yeah. Uh, refine. You know, certainly me and and you know Rachel and then Henry. Yeah. I can't wait to share with Henry what his, you know, what the Lord has done for him. Yeah. He's you know able to understand that yeah. and how the Lord is just uh, continuing to show and extend extreme grace to him. And, yeah. but yeah, those things can be, can be challenging for sure. Yeah. Well, it, especially when you're in the middle of it, you yeah. know, they seem like I, end. I have the, and I didn't go into this cause I, I never want to put a cap on or, or give a, to perceive to, I don't want people to perceive me giving an answer to their suffering. Right. Because, yeah. you know, after service, you know, we talk about, so, so you were, you were referring to in, in my message, I, I kind of talked about our, our walk through infertility for yeah. years of not knowing if we'd ever be able to have children. And, you know, after service, I'm holding Judah, you right. know? And so people were like, oh, oh, so the Lord has answered your prayer. And it's like, yes, he has, but <laughs> I forgot to mention that part. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, I, it was intentional because yeah, I didn't I want to in the message say, but look how Jesus answered my prayer and he's going to do the same for you. I would never want to communicate because I didn't know. Well, he may not. He may not. He and may not. he will answer our prayers, but not always the way we want. Yeah. And, you know, he for answers sure. in many ways. But the main point is that no matter if he would have given us children, he met us in that suffering with himself. Right. And gave us more of him. And and that was that was the thing is I, I came to know Jesus uniquely because of the suffering and through the suffering yeah. in a way that I would never would have otherwise to know him as my comforter, know him as my shepherd. Um, and really relate to him in knowing that he suffered as well, and he knows my suffering can walk with me faithfully in that. So, yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. So, anyways, why don't we move into our favorite segment, meet and greet? Ba da ba ba. Went a little. Did you change it? I went a little crazy at the end. <laughs> wow, that was a little flourish. I <laughs> thank, like that. Thank you. I threw it away at the end. Wow, it was really nice. I like. I, I think people are really gonna like that. It was a variation. It's a yeah. I'm trying it out. We'll see. Our listeners are really gonna resonate with that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and be like, wow, he really. See, he look. Re- look. <laughs> I told you it, it would was happen. gonna happen. I knew it. Oh man. Okay. I, it's the song makes it happen. I know. It must be. It's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a trigger. That's amazing. Yeah, good. Okay. Today's question comes from a listener, actually. Really? Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Wow. I'm going to change it a little bit because um, I think this will maybe take it up. I don't know. Maybe it won't. I'll just I'll just ask the question. Okay. So you've got $100,000. Okay. And you can invest this in whatever you want. Um, but nothing traditional, not stocks, not CDs, not, not crypto, not anything like that. And I'm going to augment it in this of instead of thinking purely investing like financial stewardship, I want to hear if you had a hundred thousand dollars to spend on anything and you didn't have to do it, uh, well, if you can spend it selfishly, how would you spend a hundred thousand dollars? Wow. Just on yourself. On myself. Or like with your family. I don't know. I can think of avenues to do that. Yeah. I, boy, I don't think I could spend $100,000 frivolously on myself. I don't think I want. That's the fun of being creative, Neil. Well. You could spend it on Legos. You'd get like one Lego set with that much money. This is what I hear. I hear it's expensive. Do you guys play with Legos? No. 
Really? Henry has some sets. Oh, um, I love Legos, but they're too expensive. Are, yeah. 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 I get noticed. jealous. Like He's I've, gotten gifted some sets by some friends. Oh, Legos uh, are amazing. I yeah. Legos. I didn't have Legos when I was a kid. Really? I had a one one box of Duplo. Yeah. And uh, didn't care for it. Well, by the time you're able to know that it's Duplo, you're probably too old to play with Duplo. Yeah. Perhaps. Okay, anyway. So, I mean, if I had to spend $100,000... On myself, I mean, I, I'm sure I would just buy some guitars. I, yeah, I, you know, um, so I really like music like, here. Yeah, I really like cars. Do you really? I do. Yeah, I've been a car guy my whole life. Um, really? Do you have like a dream car? I have a lot of different cars that I would love to to own that are just unreasonable. Yeah. Um, but I had, I always had a, a fun car when I was. Uh, working outside of ministry yeah. from the time I mean, my very first, I think it was 84 Trans Am was my first like real car. Yeah. And I had um, Camaros and Firebirds and yeah. Corvettes yeah. and I had all that stuff. Uh, and then, um, you know, when you move into ministry, <laughs> <laughs> things change. Uh, well, and they, and I think they should. <laughs> For sure. They, yeah, let's rephrase it. Yeah. They should change. <laughs> I mean, stewardship should be there whether you're in ministry or not. Of course. And um, I always found these great deals on these cars. And, um, you know, I had like a 2005 Corvette yeah. that um, was a Z51 package. It was black, six-speed, mm-hmm. and it had like 26,000 miles on it. Really? And I got this thing for like twenty two grand back in like two thousand. 10, 2011. Wow. Right around there. It was just, and so, you know, you would see that car and be like, wow, somebody spent like fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 on right. that. Um, you know, it was a five-year-old car, but I just had this knack for finding good deals. Yeah. And, um, you know, even though you could have a car like that now and it would be less than like a Honda Accord. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't exactly rock a Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> I drove. So I had to, um, get some work done on a car and we went to enterprise mm-hmm. and they said, um, you know, you can have any car on the lot. And I said, he's like, they're all the same price. And, he, and he's like, um, your insurance will cover, you know, you could, we get you this, uh, Toyota RAV4 mm-hmm. or you could have this Mustang convertible. Oh yeah. And I was like, he's like, what do you want to do? And I said, what, what do you think I want to do? <laughs> like, I want the Mustang convertible, <laughs> yeah. which was hilarious because I had to drive it for like a week and a half. Yeah. And that was the week that I ran into every person from the church. <laughs> They're like, wow, pastor, you're doing well. Yes. <laughs> so I, the next, so the Sunday after I got it, I warned everybody. Yeah. If you see me tooling around town, this is, our insurance is covering this. Yeah. Like and it's $38 yeah. <laughs> a day. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I ran into <laughs> some people, and they were like, "Well, we know where the Grow Project money's going." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, th- th- this person was so honest. They're like, I, "You know," because I had said that on a Sunday, and they came up to me, and they're like, "Actually, I saw you pull into the parking lot, and I was, and, and we're new here." And I thought, yeah. "Ooh, I don't know if I want to, yeah. I want to go here." So, if I had a hundred thousand dollars and I had to spend it on myself, I would get some, probably some music equipment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's the caveat, and it won't make you. It won't. It won't make Jesus yeah, look bad. Right. Yeah. Well, I think a question like this is all just kind of silly. It's, it's fun. Yeah. It's just for fun. If I, I mean, if I had a hundred thousand dollars, yeah, I would put it in the like legit. Oh yeah. I would you know tithe on that money and then put the rest in the 
in the bank in Henry's college. Some GameStop. That'll uh, cover about stocks. four semesters of Henry's college by the time he gets to college. Well, by the time he's in college, maybe two semesters. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's it's expensive. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I thought it was good. It was interesting, yeah. yeah. A listener asked this. Yeah, Trying did. to figure out what I'm doing with the church's money, I think. That's what they're... I think that's what it is. <laughs> Do you want to hear my answer? I would love to. Okay. So I know the answer. Um, one of the things that I've always thought to myself is there are places on earth that like, people just don't think about actually going to. Like mm. Places like Alaska, Antarctica. Like, There's real trips you can take and like yeah. go and hike in Antarctica. Stuff like that. But it's very expensive because it's remote places. So I've always thought those places would be kind of interesting. So one one way that I would that I couldn't foresee <laughs> um, spending that me. much money is to choose uh, a variety of those kind of remote locations. Like one would be flying into like Gates of the Arctic National Park in far north Alaska where there aren't roads. Like you literally have to be flown in mm. um, and do like a backpacking trip. Or something like over ten days, it wouldn't cost a hundred thousand dollars, but it'd be expensive. It'd probably be probably ten grand, probably. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Antarctica. It's it's just expensive because not a lot of people do it, and so it's a, such specialized travel that it's hard to do it cheaply. Yeah. Um. So those are like crazy things to do. The other possibility of a travel way of actually spending that much money is there is a world cruise. Um, mm. that costs like $40,000 per ticket. Wow. And it takes, I think it's like 90 days. Wow. And you go all the way around the world. You travel mm. on almost every continent except for Antarctica. Like, you don't go that far south, but you go to Australia, you go through Europe, you go through the Medi- Mediterranean, you go around Africa, you go obviously India and, um, and South Asia. And it, it's just, it sounds amazing yeah. and fascinating and it's like i feel like that's something you do like you retire at the age of like whatever and that's what you do yeah. you just go and say like i'm gonna go do this thing and then i'm gonna die like i don't know it just seems like like a crazy over the top experience right yeah and to so- be gone for that sounds long. like you're using the money better than me no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's where I went to. If, if I have to spend it selfishly, that's what I'm doing. I'll make rock and roll and drive a Camaro. <laughs> I will see the world. Yeah, I'll see the world to be a traveled man. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, no, that is that is one way I thought of that would be a, a fun way to spend a ridiculous yeah. amount of money. I'm so bad. I feel like I'm so bad at answering these questions sometimes because you're like, you get a hundred thousand dollars on where to come from. Is money high? <laughs> the IRS is going to ask me questions. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm constantly thinking optics. I'm like, <laughs> someone leaves a paper bag with a hundred thousand dollars cash on your front porch. I might forget what about do you it. do with it? <laughs> I leave it. Yeah, I leave it. You know, I'm, I'm not touch touching it. that. Right. I call the police. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I do. Seriously. Right. But hey, you guys need come, to know, I have no idea what this money is and it doesn't belong to me and I'm not claiming it and I'm not going to spend it. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I've accidentally stolen things so yeah. many times. Um, that Corvette. No. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, grocery items. Oh, yeah. Uh, particularly like cases of water. Yeah. Because I put them under the car. You put them under, you forget right? that you have it. Yeah. And I see it and I would get hot inside. Oh, I'm like, yeah. oh my goodness. And yeah. So I always drive back to the store or if yep. I notice it in the parking lot, yep. which is where I often notice it, I'll yeah. go back in. And so many times, uh, the people that are working there are are just like shocked right. that you come back, right? And 
They're like, thank you so much for, for being honest. And I, I think, and Rachel worked in retail, but Sarah worked in retail. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think they call that shrink, but we're in like employees just like take, take stuff. Oh, it's so crazy, I, yeah. I think when non-employees come back with items, they're just like, shh, I ain't going right. to do it. But I'm like, I'm not going to jail for this Dasani. No. <laughs> Like, this is what I think. I need my water. And that's how I think. I'm I think paying. I'm going to get arrested for <laughs> yeah. Grand Theft Dasani <laughs> and then wind up in jail. What then, categorizes it as Grand Theft? Well, it, it's a big case of water. <laughs> it's got over 40 bottles I think it's 48 based on, bottles. I think in, in, the water, uh, in the water game, as I call it, I think it's based on uh, weight. In all your discussions about water, I know. Listen, it's I'm good. connected. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. But uh, hence the paper bag. Yeah, page. the people that I hung with when we were when, during the Great Dasani heist. Oh it was all gosh. based on weight. But I get, I just get so <clears throat> like, oh my goodness. And then I just, I'll leave Henry in the car by himself. I'm like I'm going back. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Um, yeah, it's, I get it's nervous. Great. It's great. Yeah, very cool. Okay, we've got some questions. We do. Uh, this not first one, I am related. Not I am really. This first one's really good. Uh, I got this this morning actually because the person <coughs> didn't know how to submit their question. Um, so, first of all, a place that you could submit your question if you're curious um, or you forgot is at podcast at hopechristianchurch.com or you can text your question to 440. Hope. Hope. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Four four zero hope two two two. My goodness. I'm not even thinking. Four four zero and then you went four four zero two three nine. Four four four. That's why I was like I was waiting for yeah. like, are you gonna do yeah. the two 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 with me? And then I'm like, I think ah, you fixed it. I think we have thoroughly confused. I think so. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast. Apparently you can also submit a meet and greet question apparently so and i like that that's interesting because <laughs> I, fine. I have yeah. my brain but other people have their brain and their brain works differently from my brain i'd agree they'll come up with good questions <laughs> yes. so yes. yeah feel free to submit those two okay here we go here's the question so here it is i'd love to hear what both you and pastor neil say about this since you both have experience in leading worship have you ever come to a point where you are looking for a specific song that is pulled from a verse or a certain scripture but are <laughs> unable to find one have you ever considered writing a song to convey a specific message and use it during worship? And is there a particular biblical verse or section of scripture that you feel could really speak to slash shepherd people in our church that hasn't been put into a song yet that you know of? What a great question. Really good question. I'm going to yield to, you're, I mean, you're the you're the worship. Let's hear sure. from you first. Yeah, what in my got? experience, yeah. in area, and I won't answer specific to a particular passage, but a theme, that I feel is lacking in worship world is suffering. Mm. Um, there's not a lot of people wanting to write songs about that because it's not easy. It's hard. It's difficult. It's a difficult yeah. theme to tackle. And musically, it can feel like drudgery, I think. Mm. Um, it's not as inspiring. Yeah. Um, you know, and so there are some really good songs on that theme, but um, by and large, there, there's not a lot I find, and we talked about this briefly last week. Me yeah. talking about myself as a worship dude. Um, I think by and large, the the most popular songs are the can sometimes be the most pithy, and they're the most um, they're the songs that are least likely to sustain us during suffering. Mm. Um, and that that's not all songs. Yeah. I'm just saying, and I am painting with a little bit of a broad brush. And yeah, that's that's not fair. 
But I, in my experience, um, so like how to overcome suffering, or how to walk faithfully through it. I got you. Okay. And how to cling to the Lord. I mean, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, yeah. uh, in you know, in service, talking about the Good Shepherd of. We're going to walk through suffering, and we need to have tools at our disposal to help us walk through that faithfully with the Lord. And I think music is a huge—we've talked about this. Music is a source of theology. Music is something that helps us memorize truth about the Lord. And so if we're in the middle of a suffering time, what's going to come to mind? A song about how we just feel happy and things are all good or whatever. And that's not every song. I yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. You understand what I'm saying. Sure. But yeah. uh, is there a song that— that helps us put into words the feelings that we're feeling. Um, there's yeah. a song, uh, I mentioned Matt Boswell before, but him and Matt Papa, who are two songwriters, they have a live album that they wrote together, and they both get together and write modern hymns. They've written with um, Michael Bleeker from Village Church in Dallas. Uh, they've written some songs together. They write uh, now with, like, the Gettys. There's a song that they wrote uh, called uh, Lord from Sorrows Deep, I Call. And it's just a a really powerful song of basically, hey, I'm in the middle of garbage and this this situation is terrible. Um, I'm suffering, but you're you are still my God and I will praise you Um, anyway. So I'd encourage you to look that up. Anyone who's interested in that. But the theme of suffering, I think, is one that people are starting to write better songs about but yeah i think I like tremble like, is that the the song yeah that's got a what the, kind of a suffering component doesn't peace a little bit the peace the storm surrounding me yeah but even those those words i feel like are somewhat like vanilla you know okay. and it's still a good song i like it it's it to me it's not a super deep take on the theme i got you and that's i think that's valid just as you know so again it's like you don't always want steak sometimes you need some soup sometimes you need something a little bit more digestible and i think there's a place for those songs yeah so i guess a place that i feel like there's been some missing is deep theological songs that address suffering have you ever Um, thought about writing yeah so uh she asked that question of you know do we write songs and yeah i've written songs in the past i don't think i'm really really good at it. And maybe that's just because I've lacked the time to really spend doing it and, and kind of getting better at that. I know, yeah. uh, probably my favorite song that I've written is about, um, is more for kind of a theme of like taking communion together. Mm. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's one that I've, I've really like that I've gotten to write, but it's something I'd like to do more, but it's just, it's tough in all of life to find the time to really spend time doing it because it's something that I feel at least for myself that it will take a lot of consistency to get to the point where I feel like it's bearing fruit Yeah, and it's hard to, it's hard for me to feel like, um, you know, I have time to do that right now. You know, it's a time investment. Um, there's a lot of people that are just, they just naturally do it a lot. I think you're a lot like that. You just naturally, like, you have written a lot of songs. A lot. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, you're you're good at that. I'm, well, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you obviously, like, at least I you're good it. at writing it down and actually keeping track of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, have, I have a notebook full of, like, one word phrases or like a section of a song. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till that becomes a song. <laughs> Next time I come back. You better have written yourself. Look at that word, (laughs) sanctification. What are you doing over there? 
Uh, you want some more you want some words around you? You want some friends? Well, figure it out. Figure go out. It out. You got to right. go out and find them. <laughs> what are you looking at me for? I've written, yeah, I've written an absolute ton of yeah. music. Like, yeah, yeah so I mean, yeah. yeah, and composed. It's not just words and lyrics. Like you have right, yeah. put together yeah. a ton of yeah. music from in, instrumental stuff yeah. to um, country music to rock music. I mean, my. I mean, country is really your. That's your. Oddly enough, that's it, your spot. It's a kind of a sweet spot for me where I've written, you know, country music is storytelling. It's sure. not autobiographical at yeah. all. Um, it seemed, you know, for a while, like disingenuous for me to write sure. country. Uh, and what I mean, country, like in the style. Yeah. Sure. In the style of. Um, I've written worship music. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, oddly enough, I feel like that's the, like the weakest area of writing for me is writing Christian lyrics. Yeah. Um, if you tell me to write a sermon, I can, I could get you a sermon. Um, but writing Christian lyrics, it's, it's challenge for me to communicate without feeling like, uh, I'm just taking every Christian song I've ever heard and cliche and just putting it in there. It just feels cheesy. Yeah. To a certain extent. That's how I felt Yeah. Yeah. To a certain extent. Um, country has been great because it's, you know, storytelling and I've, I've, I have, um, my, my, you know, I mean, you've been around me enough. My mic goes yeah. in a thousand different sketch comedies. Dumbo, <laughs> right? But my is. real name was Cornelius. It's beautiful. Something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the first uh, track off the record. I knew it. Um, just a song called Cornelius. Right. It's called I Can Fly. <laughs> that's the name of the record. And it's just a picture of my ears. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, hang on a second. Let me get this up. Okay, this um, is my favorite concept by far. <laughs> Can I create the the cover art for you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll commission you for that. Oh my yeah. word, I'm excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've lent, I've I've recorded. I mean, I recorded guitar for. Um, and somebody's had a uh, you know had a, a rap group. I've done yeah. I've done pretty much every every genre genre. Yeah. And still to this day, right? Um, yeah, I play you know all the all the time. It's something that I don't talk about that that much. Well, it's because you're embarrassed and you're shy. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I assume no one cares. <laughs> Like I, I write this music and I play it for me and, and the Lord yeah. and, uh, that's, that's about it. Yeah. Um, do I feel that there's a particular Bible verse section of scripture that I feel could really speak to shepherd people in our church that hasn't been put into a song yet? I think, you know, I think I've mentioned this scripture so many times before. I don't know how you would put it into a song, but this has been one of the most comforting scriptures For me, as I have, speaking of sanctification, you know, that process of becoming more like Christ and being more set apart and and pursuing living a life that is honoring to the Lord, all of that requires wrestling with Scripture. Yeah. (laughs) At least it has for me. Yeah. And I have found Deuteronomy 29.29 to just be so comforting to me, and I'll read it here. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. And it's this first line, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. That has been so comforting to me because I have wrestled with certain sections of Scripture, certain verses, certain books for decades Mm -hmm. and still feel that I haven't cracked the case, haven't haven't solved the mystery of the text. And what this reminds me of is that God has secrets. Yeah. And there are certain things that you're just not allowed to to know. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think about just the incarnation. We'll talk about that a little bit. You know, God yeah. being fully, uh, Jesus being fully God and being fully human. Like we, he didn't reveal to us the nuance of how all of that worked. Sure. That's a mystery. And I can spend all kinds of time trying to figure that out and trying to reverse engineer that. Sure. But I'm never going to get to the bottom of it because that's God's secret. Yeah. And, you know, I talked a, a couple episodes ago about how I have this sometimes internal dialogue with the voice of the Lord that I think things that God would say, mm-hmm. God's not actually talking to me in my, in my head. He talks to me, you know, through his word and yeah. that's, that's where God talks to us. But I always, it's kind of like, you know, those bracelets, what would Jesus do? I and mean, what would Jesus say in mm-hmm. this moment? And, and what would the Lord say? And all the time I'm, I'm talking to the Lord, communicating to him. And I, and I feel like he's saying, he's like, you don't get to know. Yeah. That's mine. Yeah. That's a secret. Like you don't get to know that thing. Right. And I think about the relationship I have with my son. Yeah. I think about the relationship I had with my dad. I remember I asked my dad one time, I'm like, I must've been like eight, nine years old, something like that. And, um, I was like, how much money you make? <laughs> he's like none of your business yeah that's how much money i make none of your business don't ask me that again <laughs> and i i was like oh okay uh he you know that was that was his secret i didn't get yeah. to i didn't get to know that yeah and you know just like my earthly father you know had certain secrets in things that he wouldn't want me to know for whatever reason yeah you know any year old kid if he would have told me how much money he made I probably would have told everybody <laughs> you know and that's and that's not what he would have wanted he had reasons for not sharing that with me right um our lord has reasons that he doesn't reveal everything to us yeah and i think half i mean if we knew <laughs> nor stuff. could he like, right we can't we can't even process yeah. it yeah we're not our we're not built we've for got that. we've got enough that we're trying to work through <laughs> right yeah like just yeah right yeah greatest commandment like love the lord your god love people yeah okay i like, can't even master that <laughs> love just think of the concept of love yeah so complex right we and we use this word a thousand different ways mm-hmm. and attach it to a thousand different things and it has a thousand different meanings. Like you love Judah, you love Sarah. Yeah. And today I learned you loved peanut butter and celery. Yeah. And which I'm still smelling. Do you love it? I do. Well, it's this is not smell. upsetting to me. <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter is a fantastic smell. It is. I feel bad for your mic. Like, or whoever uses yeah. your mic. After that's true. <laughs> Apparently it's Henry. <laughs> He's the one that uses yeah. his mic more often I don't often think he'll be me. doing it anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we love we love all those things, and so yeah. it's just the concept of love. Yeah, and like, what what does God say? How does God describe Himself? God is love. love. Yeah. So if you want to understand love, you got to understand God. Well, we yeah. can't fully understand God. We only know what He's revealed to us. So yeah. I love this section of Scripture, and I think you know the mystery surrounding God would be mm-hmm. a, something amazing to write a song yeah. around. I think it would offer freedom for a lot of people that are wrestling with really mm-hmm. challenging things. And this is not to discourage deep study sure. in any yeah. way, shape or form, but at some point yeah, you just, <laughs> I'll, I'll usually, you got to give up yeah. and just go, okay, he's in charge. He's got this under control. There's just no way yeah. I can know what this is. Yeah. Um, and I would encourage that, that deep study, but at some point just going, okay, the, the Lord has, has secrets. Yeah, definitely. So, so yeah. yeah, there's, um, I would agree with you. I think that that suffering component would be good. And then, uh, I've written when I was leading worship here, we, we did songs that I wrote yeah. here. Um, and you know, that was a kind of a neat thing to, to yeah. hear people sing those songs. Oh, I wrote sure. one about freedom. Um, and then I, I wrote one, um, that we sang here that was, uh, 
based on, you know, let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. It was just a, a song of, of praise and then getting into the yeah, specifics of that. And yeah. that was, that was a neat thing to, to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I ran into somebody yesterday with your car. That's not no. good. No, <laughs> I was speaking with someone yesterday <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I must be in a mood. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. I'm assuming that was chunky peanut butter. <laughs> uh, and they recognized me from open door. I went to open door and I played a Christmas cantata. Yeah. I played guitar for a Christmas cantata. And she's like, Neil, she's like, would you play guitar for that, that thing that we did? And she knew, you know, Jason Russ and and that whole crew over there. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, do you play guitar here ever? And I'm like, I don't. And she's like, why? I'm like, time. Yeah. Yeah, Just time. And the Sundays that I'm not preaching, I think it's good. I need the break. Yeah. Well, I don't want you to one up me either. Cause I don't think that would happen. <laughs> it's like, I can't let them know how bad at guitar I am when no. they see him. <laughs> no, if I'm, if I'm, that would be me overplaying. <laughs> Just play the chord. Uh, yeah. Great question though. Really good. Excellent question. Mm-hmm. Really good. Um, all right. Moving on. Here's that question you're referring to. We often talk about how Jesus was fully God and fully man And because he was man, he experienced every human feeling and emotion we have. He knows because he lived on earth as a human. But I was wondering, if God never sent his son to experience all these things, would he not know or understand what we go through? I would think that since he is God, he would know exactly how it feels to be tired or hungry or stub your toe because he is all-knowing. Why do people equate God knowing what we experience just because his son walked the earth? Wouldn't he know regardless. Yeah. What a really insightful question. Um, several questions here. We'll kind of go through these in order. Yeah. Um, and we'll start with, if God never sent his son to experience all of these things, would he not know or understand what we go through? And the answer is yes. God obviously would know. He's He's got to wrote down a couple of references here. First John 3, uh, verses 19, 20 there. Uh, John makes it clear that God knows everything. Psalm mm-hmm. 47. I love Psalm 47. The psalmist says that his understanding is beyond measure. We can't even begin to measure what God knows. This is part of God's omniscience. He's all He's all knowing. Yeah. Everything in the past, everything in the present, everything in the future. He is He's complete. He's perfect. He knows. He knows everything. Uh, and this, you know, listener goes on to say, I would think that since he is God, he would know exactly how it feels to be tired, hungry, stub your toe. He is all knowing. And that's right. That, mm-hmm. that is true. Why do people equate God knowing what we experience just because his son walked the earth? Um, that, that I don't, I haven't run into that specifically where people are saying the only reason that God knows what we experience is because Jesus walked the earth. That's not been my experience. Yeah. Um, so I, it seems like they're asking in more of like a relatable sense. And I think that's what I'm going to kind of lean in, yeah. into a little bit more. Wouldn't he know regardless? And uh, here's the thing about Jesus coming to earth. Jesus living uh, on earth as a man was not for his benefit. Right. It was for ours. Right. So I think the reason that people talk about Jesus experiencing everything that we experience, and I actually did a whole sermon on this, um, and, you know, the kind of little catchy phrase that I came up with was he, he gets it because he lived it. Mm-hmm. Um, that him doing all of that was not so that he could gain knowledge, was not so that he would understand what it feels like to be tired or hungry or tempted. He, he did it 
I, I think obviously for lots of reasons, if yeah. I can project uh, that um, on our on our Lord, and, and we'll go to Scripture here, we'll go to Isaiah fifty three here in a minute. Um, but he he did that for our our benefit. Yeah, and I think Hebrews four gives us maybe one of the best insights into this. And I want your method, um, Jerry, because I didn't want people to have to listen to me flip. <laughs> So I used little pieces of paper. That is the flimsiest little thing. You're lucky when you went stewardship. To I'm very, just like I'm very good at stewardship and... with paper. <laughs> I didn't want to. So Hebrews four fifteen, um, and I'm reading from the ESV here, and, and I'll start in verse fourteen. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. And then, this, and this is where we, we want to just lock onto this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Mm-hmm. That is of great benefit to us. The instruction from scripture is that we are to live lives like Jesus lived. And if Jesus had not been fully human and experienced everything we experience as far as temptation goes, as far as hunger goes, we can assume that Jesus cried as a baby. We can mm-hmm. assume um, somehow he did all of this without sinning. And this is what you know this scripture says. Uh, you know, verse 14 that he has been tempted as we are yet without sin. And then he goes on to say, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What Jesus does for us by becoming uh, fully human, by humbling himself, is he, it allows us to, I think, at least in, in my world, it, it, it gives me more of a connection to, to Jesus. Yeah. It's for my benefit because I'm not worshiping, I'm not trying to grow, I'm not trying to serve or tell people about an impersonal God. Yeah. It's a very personal God who even humbled himself to take on the form of his creation. And so, you know, I think this listener has, you know, kind of hit the nail on the head. Certainly God would know exactly, you know, what we would experience because he's all knowing, mm-hmm. but Jesus coming to earth wasn't for his benefit. It was for ours. And I wrote down Isaiah 53 too. I thought this might be helpful to kind of, kind of read. And I'll start in verse five. Um, and this is, this is prophecy this is Isaiah prophesying the coming Messiah, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities upon him was uh, the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And then this is it. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God's wrath needed to be satisfied. And what Jesus did, in addition to him coming to earth being fully human, as a benefit for us uh, in being able to know that we have a very personal Savior, one who has experienced what we experience, it goes beyond that. He, mm-hmm. It also allowed him to satisfy the law. Yeah. Sin required a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus did when he came was he was that final sacrifice. He could fulfill the requirements of the law. He could satisfy the wrath of God because, as Hebrews 4 tells us, he was tempted in all the same ways, but somehow... He didn't sin. Mm-hmm. And so what 
Jesus did beyond just allowing us to go, okay, well, he knows what I what I went through, is he took on the iniquity, the sins of all of those he would give faith to, and mm-hmm. he satisfied that law, which is of great benefit to us yeah. as well. So to kind of summarize, um, God would certainly understand and know what we go through if he hadn't sent Jesus because he is omniscient, but Jesus came as a means to you know, satisfy the law, satisfy God's wrath. But what that offers for us is the benefit of knowing that we have and serve and love and worship and can tell others about uh, a God, a Messiah that didn't just tell us to do something. He, mm-hmm. he lived it. He gets it because he lived it. And for me personally, that gives me great peace, but it also encourages me because that if Jesus being fully human could do it, then that means that I can have through the power of the Holy Spirit victory over certain sin as well. I don't have to be a slave to sin mm-hmm. anymore. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to live a sinless life. That was something that God did unique in the person of Jesus Christ um, and did through his Holy Spirit. But we know that we can be that we can sin, sin less. Yeah. What are your thoughts? What do you think? No, this is good. Yeah, I, I think there's um, there's a difference between knowledge and experience. Um, and I think with God, he can know everything there is to know, but he can't be hurt. God is, is above, like he can't be damaged. He can't suffer. He can't, um, because he's, infinitely happy in and of himself in eternity past the father the son and the holy spirit were perfectly happy in and of themselves uh, for all eternity past and so i think god knows how we work god knows intimately how our bodies work even the idea of stubbing our toe he knows what that does he's given us pain receptors so we know that we have damaged our body but god himself does not have necessarily pain receptors first of all he doesn't have a body god is a spirit um, but that's besides the point. So I think in some sense, um, there are certain aspects of our lives that God knows because he created us, he designed all of it, but he doesn't know experientially. It's, it's different. I think there's a difference in how Jesus came and actually experienced those things with a human body. Um, and so there is a sense, at least in my reading of scripture and understanding of theology, there is a sense in which when Jesus took on human flesh, um, he experienced things that the God had had never, they had never been crucified before. God, the Father, doesn't experience crucifixion. The Holy Spirit doesn't experience crucifixion. God, the Son, in eternity past, did not experience crucifixion. crucifixion. But at a point in time, incarnate in flesh, um, taking on that human nature, he experienced the full reality of crucifixion of, of all of that. And so, um, so I think in some sense there is a relatability and that sympathy that, that Jesus has for us. And one thing that I think about, uh, that Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, he didn't get rid of his human nature. He still has that human component to him now. Mm. Um, he still, is Jesus the man uh, with the Son of God divine nature in that one person? Um, and so as we think about this idea of Jesus' 
interceding for us in the presence of the Father in heaven, he's doing that still with that human nature and all of those memories and all, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he just showed up and was like, I'm going to try this out for a little bit. And he's like, okay, I'm done. I did my thing and I'm, I'm out of here. Have fun. Yeah. He still is, um, he is irrevocably joined himself to humanity in such a beautiful way. Um, and certainly, like you said, almost, uh, well, certainly in a way that's not fully understandable to us, at least right now. I don't know if yeah. when we get to heaven, I don't know what what that'll look like for us to learn more about the intricacies of how all of that works. Um, but again, I, I think we have to, you know, when we come to a question like this, we're desperate for, I think there's a desire to be known and a desire to know that we're known. And I think that desire is met in Jesus, but certainly there's a limit to that knowledge because Jesus has the full knowledge of temptation. He doesn't know what it's like to actually commit a sin because he could certainly never do that. And we would we would ask that he would never do that because, like you said, it's only in his perfect uh, sinlessness that he was able to be a perfect sacrifice for our sin on the cross. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, those are those are some of the ways that my brain goes, and hopefully that wasn't confusing. And, <laughs> well, and some of these some of these are, are rabbit trails, totally a little bit because you know, with your line of thinking that you know, knowledge and experience are two different things. It's absolutely true, um, but those are also finite, sure. finite things. And right. so, what what the answer can't it can't be that you know, by Jesus coming to earth and experiencing things, he got new information. Like it can't be that because God has all information. That's what omniscient is. So he knows everything. So I think part of him experiencing not really none of that can be for his benefit, which is why I say him leaving was not for his benefit. It was for the benefit of his people. Us learning things by experience, that's a, that's a finite trait. And so Jesus did that so that we could look to, his humanness sure. and go, okay, now he is experiencing it. So it's, he's almost eliminating an objection for us. Like we can't be like, well, you, you don't right. know what it's like. And he, right. he can go, he will now I, now I do. It would be, um, it would be like me, uh, going to a restaurant sure. and, uh, you know, never having any experience on the line cooking, but just giving really strong suggestions to those that are on the line cooking and being like, you should do this and you should do this. They're going to be like, so where did you cook? Sure. Like, you have no business saying anything to us. And in a sense, what Jesus did by coming to earth was he eliminated this objection of, listen, God, you don't know what it's like. This is what the writer right. of Hebrews is saying. Like, we don't serve a high priest who doesn't get it. Right. Like, he gets it because he lived it, and he yeah. chose to experience it, not to gain new information, sure. but to eliminate the objection that he knew his finite creation would naturally have, going, well, you didn't you didn't go through it. You don't know what it's like to be tempted. Dude knows way more what it was like to be tempted. <laughs> he was in 40 days by Satan himself. Yeah starving <laughs> like right. that's not been my experience i've never been you know f- i've never fasted for 40 days and put myself in this situation where i've been been tempted and so sure. his his level of experience far surpasses what we would probably even endure sure i've gone through trial i've gone through suffering mm-hmm. i have not been crucified sure. like the things that jesus subject himself to that god subjected himself to in this incarnate form sure. are at a at a graduate level (laughs) and I'm in elementary school. Like there's just, there's that much. And so 
these can be really challenging things mm-hmm. because if God is all knowing, then he has to have all information, right? Which <laughs> becomes challenging because even the you know, line of thing, like he doesn't know what it's like to sin, he's never sinned before. You're right, and so how does he how does he know the effects of sin on us if he doesn't if he's never sinned and felt the effects of sin on himself this is where i go deuteronomy 29 29 right. let's write that song <laughs> right. we need that song right now it's a secret <laughs> where is it it's a secret thing <laughs> you don't get to know it it's already the worst song <laughs> yeah i went country with it <laughs> that's what i'm that's my uh, genre that's really good so so that's that's yeah. part of you know he he cannot he is holy yeah he set apart yet he warns us of sin right because he he knows sin is damaging well how does he know because he's omniscient he but how can everything but how can he know that if he's never sinned and this is where I tap out. <laughs> <laughs> I think another aspect to this is again, you and you pointed to that that we're stuck. We all we have at our disposal is right. finite verbiage, finite right. concepts, because fi- we can't we can't and comprehend a pile of or sin in our brain. Right. Right. Um, so I think another aspect that we have to remember is that God is outside of time. So experiencing something, you know, right. Jesus, the the second person of the Trinity, taking on flesh. Uh, stepping into time and living a life experientially, God does not look at the universe or look at time as a timeline like we do. Like first came this, then came this, then that, then that. Right. God, is, that, God is above and outside all I of that. I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a weird what name. What tense is that? <laughs> all of them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Past, present, and future. Uh, so that's why it's the most yeah. baller name in history. <laughs> it's like we didn't expect that name. It's incredible. Right. <laughs> It's, it's so it's mind blowing. It really is. So again, I think there's a component to this where you're right. It's like we theologically, like people have talked about this forever, and there's concepts that help us understand. Oh, yeah. If yeah, you yeah, want to get yeah. into the wheat, you can. And it that's not to say like there's anything wrong with really exploring these things no. and trying to learn and and growing and just celebrating the depth of of who God is and His nature and His unsearchableness. But at the same time, we do have to understand like we're just humans like come up for air we don't yeah yeah, exactly you can't live down there (laughs) yeah that's right at some point we just have to trust in what god has told us yeah and you're right he knows everything and jesus sympathizes with us yeah and that's that's i think that's such a again such a place of comfort for for me and i and i'm not alone in that i think that's a place of comfort for all of us as, as christians but even in that comfort man like I'll I'll say sometimes it's Jesus though, you know it's Jesus. Yeah. Um, I can't do that. It's it's what Jesus did. Mm. But Jesus had and, and and this is what Jesus says when he's you know getting ready to, to ascend. He's like, listen, I'm going to send my Spirit, mm-hmm. and you're gonna you're gonna love him. He's gonna be he's gonna be great. <laughs> he's and you're greater things. Yeah. Um, and, and that word greater can mean probably it probably means more is is in magnitude yeah. than anything like uh, you know um 
you think about like the Great Barrier Reef, right? You know, it's a large barrier reef. Yeah. It's a lot more reef than the, <laughs> the smaller than just the regular reef. reef. <laughs> the, the regular reef. <laughs> the regular reef. <laughs> Is that another podcast we're going to start? <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually the name of this, <laughs> this podcast, podcast episode. The reef. <laughs> if you're listening to this right now and it's called the regular <laughs> reef. You've identified you the point in the, the podcast. Yeah, this is what I experience while I'm Jared, editing. Yeah, moments, hours. The regular reef. The regular reef. <laughs> this is great. I'm writing this down. Yeah, please do. That is the podcast episode um, name. But yeah, so we're going to do greater things, uh, you know, larger volume through the power of the Holy right. Spirit. And you see how God has used us as his ambassadors to grow his church. Yes. Like the church that exists now is a greater church than the church that existed in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that to say, Jesus did his work through the power of the Spirit, yeah. did what his Father told him to do, and um, we get to now look and go, okay, he 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 gets it, Mm-hmm. Because he he lived it, he eliminated yep. this objection from our mouths. We can't be like, no, he didn't. He didn't do this. He wasn't right. tempted. He has no idea what it's like to fight lust or right. greed or pride or envy. And but he but he does. Yeah. And and there's um, I'll have to. I don't remember what the name of that sermon was. I'm I'm getting to the point in my preaching career where yeah. <laughs> I've preached so many I can't. Yeah. Um, I'll try to have that for the next episode. Yeah. Um, where you can go back and, and listen to that sermon if anybody wanted to. Uh, yeah. It was really encouraging for me to do that uh, sermon because, it, like, it's just, I mean, a pile of verses where, like, he understands this and he understands this because he fought this, he fought this. And so I think it would be helpful and beneficial. But yeah. what a great question. Keep, really good. keep digging deep, but yeah, yeah. come up for air. <laughs> That's good. All right. Welcome well, back to the regular reef. <laughs> Don't be mistaken. This isn't the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is a regular one. This is just a plain old regular reef. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. As a dad of six-year-old, uh, they are at the age where their curiosity is taken off, especially around wanting to know more about God and Christianity. These are some great questions. So I'm just going to do rapid-fire questions here. Where are there dinosaurs on the ark? Okay. Um, so this is the questions that are coming to uh, this parent from their six-year-old. Yes. Were there dinosaurs on the ark? I would say yes, probably. And that's because in Genesis 6, the instruction to Noah was to get two of every bird and every kind of animal. And if dinosaurs were on the earth at that time, then Noah would have had to have followed that instruction and, and, and have those animals on the ark. The question always becomes, and this is, the whole thing with Noah and the flood really gets people all kinds of fired up. They really do. They really get fired so up. So they because go out and build one. They'll build an ark, and then they'll go through, and, and we're talking about you know Creation Museum, right. Ken Ham, and, sure. and, and I'm not knocking Ken no, Ham for doing this in no. any way, shape, or form. But they'll try to, they're building an apologetic in yeah. a sense where they're proving that based on the measurements of this ark that they could have fit all these animals sure. and had a system for waste and all of that which is fine. Mm. The whole thing's a miracle. Yeah. Like if I'll, I'll sit down with a Christian and I've had conversations with people that are like, you know, I don't really believe that, you know, there was a, a, a you know, a global flood and that, uh, you know, no had to build this ark and that, you know, animals were actually on the boat. There's no way they could fit all that. And I'll be like, well, well you can't possibly believe in the resurrection. Well, I believe in the resurrection. 
It was, okay, so you believe that God can <laughs> do the whole resurrection thing, die for the sins of the world on the cross. We know the gospel message and the story, yeah. be buried and raised. He can bring someone back, but he can't, can't figure out a way to put all these animals in yeah. there. How do they eat? How do they sleep? How do they go to the bathroom? Miracle, 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 miracle. What if the whole thing's just a just a giant miracle? And it kind of seems like it is a giant miracle. So for me, I'm okay with the secret things. Um, you know, were there dinosaurs on the ark? Probably if the dinosaurs were on the earth at that time, they could have been, they could have been in egg form. I mean, what? I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's no way to know. We just know that the scriptures say that two of every kind of animal and people were like, well, two of every, so it wasn't every breed of dog. It was, it was just, <laughs> you know, one type of dog. Listen, we're, we're kind of in the weeds. I'm okay. Leaning into the miracle of God and Noah and that that whole thing. So yeah, I think I think they probably were if they were on the earth at that time. Yeah. But I don't know. I wasn't there. You weren't there. Yes. Uh as Ken Ham would would say there, but there's a book. Right. So, there you go. <laughs> um what does God look like? What does God look like? Uh first John one, first John four, no one has ever seen God. We don't know what God looks like. Moses wants to take a peek. in the old testament he's like yeah just you know let me see your glory and your face and god's like sal you're gonna you'll burn you'll just here first hide in this rock right you're gonna evaporate (laughs) you're gonna need that i'm gonna let you see uh the back lower portion of my calf muscle (laughs) and then his face wish so badly that was like verbatim what (laughs) what it says well this is from the message (laughs) i'm just kidding don't send an email um, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what God looks like. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's what the Bible says. Does God have friends he hangs out and plays with in heaven? Matthew 5 tells us that God is perfect, and so he is complete. So I don't think that God has friends in the sense like we're thinking as finite beings that you know right. we desire and need friendship. We desire and need community with one another. God doesn't need that. He's complete in and of himself. However... You've got Jesus talking about, you know, to his apostles um, that he no longer called them servants or slaves. And this is in the book of John, but he now calls them friends. Friends. And so I think we need to be very careful with that term friend when it comes to our Lord, because I've seen bumper stickers. It once said, um, Jesus, I think Jesus is my homeboy, was a bumper mm. sticker I saw. And, and I thought, a shirt. Yeah, and a shirt. And I thought, well, he's not, though. Like, yeah. he's not your buddy. He, he, when Jesus says that, he's still God. Yeah. He's still God. He still is worthy to be praised. Yeah. Um, he still, we need to submit to his yeah. authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that my parents and I are friends now. Mm-hmm. Um, but even as a 43 year old man, I don't have often much opportunity to submit to the authority of my parents. Sure. But if there was an opportunity for me and it, and it made sense to submit to their, I would still want to honor my mother and honor my father yeah. by submitting to their authority. Excuse me, that times a thousand, yeah, times a billion yeah. when it comes to, to God. Um, I don't think that, you know, as a six-year-old might think that God has, you know, this is his best friend, um, and, you know, they hang out and they, they play in heaven. Yeah. I wish Scripture gave us more about heaven. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I think if we knew more about heaven, we'd be... Yeah exponentially more miserable here <laughs> because we, that is, I'm sure that's true. because we feel like this is what's there are plenty in. of days I think where we're all just kind of like 
I can die today. It'd be okay. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. And and not in like a morbid sense, no. but of just like longing for the Lord in to die his gain. Yeah. So is Christ to die. That's his good. Gain. Another thing to remember is is God is not a singular person. Uh, it's triune. Yeah, he's triune. Yeah. So eternity past, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in perfect unity and perfect enjoyment right. of one another and in relationship. God is relational. That's why he can relate to us. And the reason why we know he can relate to us is because he's been relating in eternity past for ever. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> anyways, yeah. uh, for more on that, you can read uh, Delighting in the Trinity. Mm. It's a great book. Anyways, is McDonald's in heaven? <laughs> this was Pretty my sure that's Satan's food. <laughs> I've seen what it does to my body. Boy, if it is, it's not the version we got here. <laughs> it just, it just oh. can't be. Oh um, yeah. So this is actually a little bit more complex than one might one might think. Sure. Um, you know, Revelation seven um, tells us that in, you know in heaven. They're not going to be. We're not going to be hungry. We're not going to be thirsty. So there's no need for food. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet we see that you know in Revelation that there's going to be a, a marriage feast. Yeah. Uh, with with the Lamb, we know that Jesus in His resurrected body, which could move in and out of rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we saw in in the upper room, and you know, He kind of just appears and raises. Yeah. Ah, what are you doing? <laughs> like uh, that He ate. Like he cooked breakfast, yeah, you know, and he ate it in front of him. We see this in uh, Luke chapter twenty-four. Um, so I don't think that there will be the brand <laughs> McDonald's the brand. <laughs> in in heaven. Um, yeah. I, we won't need food. Uh, these bodies that we have now are, um, and I'm going to be getting into this um, on Easter yeah. a little bit. Uh, we're, we're talking about Jesus saying, "I am the resurrection." We're yeah. gonna talk a little bit about you know these bodies yeah. and what they are now. Uh, but when we get to heaven, we're going to get a new body and that new body isn't going to require food. It's not going to require water. Mm-hmm. The scriptures tell us that the, the new uh, earth is not, we don't need light and that God's going to be the light for his, his people. So um, whether you are sad or happy about that, I, I don't think McDonald's is going to be <laughs> in, in heaven uh, nor should it, be maybe <laughs> some might debate but now chick-fil-a on the other hand well chick-fil-a is a christian so <laughs> right yes yeah we personify chick-fil-a <laughs> yes all right so chick-fil-a but no mcdonald's <laughs> at least you hypothesize no no <laughs> <laughs> i kid <laughs> i kid i joke okay uh okay last um also my child is at the age they are able to read on their own to an extent currently they are reading my study niv bible do you recommend any other bibles that might be more age appropriate something that they can read and understand this is an amazing question great question it. yeah i love this question there's a lot of different routes you can go with this um the fact that your kids uh, or any kids are reading an niv study bible is fantastic yeah I, I think that that's that's great. The version of the Bible that we use in the East Wing is the Christian Standard Bible. It's the CSB version, and the reason that we use this version is because it's um, they've done the translators have done a really good job of keeping it as close to a formal translation as possible, but with using modern language. Yeah. The, the CSB 
the full text edition became available in 2017, but then they just revised it in 2020. Uh, and so it's a, a very recently modified version. And so we use that in, in the East Wing. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, if you're going to have them read a, I'll say a traditional uh, Bible that might be um, mm-hmm. language that would be maybe more familiar to your child and they make some great CSB study Bibles. Yeah. Um, I think we actually have some, I know we have ESV study Bibles, but we had some CSB study Bibles here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a, I think a great version. There's a lot of different children's Bibles out there. We've got yeah. several for Henry. Yeah. Several. And yeah. some of them are like, in, in my opinion, they're a little bit too, um, jumping around and yeah. they're missing some, some stuff. And yeah. it's hard it's super hard for me mm-hmm. um, because I'm, <laughs> I spend all my time making sure that things are in context and not uh, being communicated in a way that could lead. And and the, they're just trying to soften some of the language yeah, for kids. Yeah. And so I think the most important thing you can do is uh, if your child is reading independently is to know what they're reading yeah, and good. talk to them about what they're reading. Yeah. I think the very, very best thing you do would be to read with your child. Yeah, I think good. you get a couple of, you know, CSB or get, you know, just read together. Yeah. Uh, I did devotions every day. Uh, when I, um, my parents split and I lived with my mom until I was about 15 and I moved in with my dad and my dad and I did devotions every day first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and it was just i hated it because it was so early <laughs> yeah i look back on that now as some of my fondest memories yeah. um because you know he was doing his best to train his son in the way that he should go yeah. and we would sit there and we'd read you know a proverb every day and then we were going through uh, we would do the daily bread sometimes and then yeah. we'd just read just read the text yeah. uh, so be reading with your kids as far That's as good. recommendation goes we found that the Jesus storybook bible did a does a pretty good job of yeah. balancing like <laughs> we were reading you know Genesis uh, with Henry in this one Bible um, that was you know, given to us for for kids, and it was just straight up, you know, um, talking about um, you know the mur- Cain and Abel murder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we were like, "Wow, I, I don't know if I want to open up murder yet for <laughs> for Henry sure. at, at that point." Um, and we won't avoid it, right? And, um, certainly, but it's just. You know, right before bed, as <laughs> we're reading the scriptures, right. I don't know if I want to be like, and he picked up a rock and <laughs> smashed his head in. All right, buddy, good night. I love you. <laughs> oh, um, my gosh. So, yeah, yeah we just, no, some some of the kids, yeah, some of the kids' Bibles were a little bit too descriptive. Yeah. And, you know, you get a Potiphar's wife and David and... You right, know. and she was a temptress. Right. What, what, is, what does that, that mean? <laughs> right. We'll talk yeah. to you about that in eight years. Right. <laughs> probably sooner. <laughs> <Or> sooner. <laughs> probably, probably sooner, but yeah. Um, so we found that the Jesus Storybook Bible did a pretty good job of, of balancing mm-hmm. age-appropriate yeah. content that is easily understood and communicated with some clarity to, yeah. to kids, but yeah, be reading be reading with your, your child yeah. and be encouraging <clears throat> that independent time as well mm-hmm. that time for really independent good. reading and but know what they're know what they're yeah. reading yeah i i agree i think that's the that's the biggest thing is is know what it is um because at some point they're gonna have to be able to read things that the content isn't completely awesome and they need to be able to you know discern through that obviously that comes 
with maturity and th- you know so you're gonna have to decide at what point they're gonna be able to do a little bit more of that but um it just depends on what comprehension level they are too like they don't say uh the age per se but i know for addison she's two and a half and she loves I'm assuming reading. it's the six-year-old is it the six? Oh yeah I'm that's assuming, right yeah. <laughs> i forgot the age is in there i forgot to read the context no, of, the, right. of that verse right there <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's why i'm here <laughs> well you see two verses earlier he says this i don't recommend the old. jared storybook bible <laughs> <laughs> i i will say my pet peeve in trying to find books for addison to read is that in the effort to soften some of the language so many of the Bible, the like the child Bibles or um, or like like books like for kids about Bible stories and stuff, just straight up lie. Like they just put right, stuff in that's just right. like, that's not in the Bible. And you're trying yeah. to make it relatable and stuff, but you're literally creating a picture that the scripture itself does not create. And so it's like, where's the balance of relatability and like what content is appropriate for that age? Because um, again, I mean, the, the Bible is full of stuff that, Addison's not ready. I'm not going to say like, and then, then she took the tent peg and she hammered it through his temple. <laughs> right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so there, there's stuff that we still have to be parents. Sleep and, tight, sweetie. Yeah, that's right. And so, um, and we know like her comprehension level is like, what is she going to do with this information? Right. You know, what is she going to do with that? Does she even know what that means? Right. You know? And so, um, yeah. So I was just texting Sarah, the Bible that we just got her is called the, my first hands-on Bible. Okay. Um, so that's one. It's a little bit. Uh, it has study components. I in it. you were playing Tetris. Well, I was that. That also. I was. I was. You do all the I was editing. Pokemon, so you can do it. Pokemon Go. Sometimes Jared that. just leaves when I'm answering. Uh, that's why the camera doesn't switch <laughs> back doesn't to me switch. for a it while. Just stays to me. And he he has a cardboard cutout oh, with so a good. thermal <laughs> on like, it, and he just puts it there. <laughs> it's just. It. You, <laughs> Right. It's your fist. Wow, he's really up. powering up. He must be about to say hey, something great. I didn't notice that it wasn't real for a while. Uh, well, you started to get to, to it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but um, so anyway, so yeah, I think you just have to read what you're giving your kids, know what you're giving them to read. Yeah. Um, so many of these stories that wind up in these children's Bibles, like they'll focus a lot of these. Uh, Children's Bibles are just collections of stories. They're not right. obviously, you know, from Genesis to Revelation. Right. Yeah, it's key moments. And, stuff and like I that. did a series years ago um, that was called Sunday School. Yeah. And I talked about some of these stories. Like, we'll go back to Noah. Yeah. That is not a kid's story. Like, right. God kills everyone, every, every, everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. And. Like, they just skip over that. They're like, look at the cute animals going on the ark, and he built a boat. And it's like, where's all the people yeah. that were there before? Like, it's, it's you know, pretty heavy stuff. Samson. Yeah. Samson always wound up. I mean. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. I think, yeah. you know, just making sure that they don't, yeah. you know, at the, at, at the cost of, you know, sound doctrine. Right. Uh, yeah. They soften, soften yeah. the story. Um. So recommendations, I know Ligonier has a mm-hmm. collection of children's like resources and stuff. So that might be a good place to look where it's kind of easy and approachable because it's Ligonier. Like, you know, it's, yeah. you there's almost a complete certainty that it's going to be solid and pretty benign. There's not going to be anything crazy in there that you need to be concerned about. But still, you need to know what your kids are, you know, consuming and reading so that you can walk with them and guide them and kind of what you said, read along with them. Uh, whether that's every time or you're kind of encouraging that alone time, like you said, I think that's that's really good. It's cool that 
that your six-year-old is kind of getting that independent interest in wanting to study God's word. That's amazing. Yeah. One of the best ways you can encourage it too, and we talked about this, um, I think it was last week was, you know, just you, us as parents to be reading. If there are children, see us reading the word, studying the word, that's going to encourage, encourage them. Yeah. You said, you said last week, um, you know, why, why should a kid care about scripture when their parents don't care about right, it enough yeah. to, to, you know, right. so this book contains everything we need for life and godliness. Why aren't we reading it? Right. Then? Exactly. Why so aren't you teaching me about this book. That's right. So <laughs> right. if you are showing them how it's vital to your life, you're going to normalize the picture of regular time in God's word with God, um, for your child to see. I think that's a healthy thing to do. Yeah. So. The church can't replace parenting. It no. just, it just can't. And I mean, no. we have memory verses at the church, yeah. have memory verses at home. We, yeah. we do that. We have a little chalkboard that we write a memory verse on. You do. We, we do. do too. That's yeah. so nice. Right now it says pray for Ukraine. So I Does don't know okay. how, how well we're utilizing <laughs> it right now. I don't remember that verse. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, well, that's a good thing. Um, yeah. So we will do, and we switch it out. We try to switch it out every month or so. And yeah. we've, we get lax with it sometimes. I mean, sure. we're, we're, you know, like anything, it can become... Just a part of the background, but it's scene. a but it's a passive reminder. Like I it found, is. like Sarah will put verses up, and then I find myself thinking about that verse after it being just up in the kitchen, and I'm not the one that changed it. I'm not the one that picked the verse that she put up there, but she just puts it up for herself, and it's something that we as a family get to see. Yeah, and I love that. I think it's great. It it helps it kind of take root in your mind and your heart, seeing it repeatedly. You know. Yeah. So yeah, so do those do really those good. things. Like um, you know, if your kids come to you know the East Wing, talk to them about what they learned. And mm-hmm. you know, just be doing that as a family. I think it's really important. Another thing you can do, like in your kitchen, like above the sink, is to write "Live, Laugh, Love." And I feel like this is tongue in cheek. It's super <laughs> tongue in cheek. I just somehow it happens in every house on the planet. <laughs> Does it? I don't know. <laughs> do you guys have that at your house? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have it in your house? Uh, there's nothing above our sink. It's an open space. There's no that, wall. Like, no wall. Enters into like interdimensional space it's where an, there's it, no sky. There's just the secret things belong to the Lord. <laughs> okay, I thought I could. Are you telling clear. me there's a portal in your house? What I'm telling you is mind your own business. <laughs> you leave my house out of this. No. <laughs> oh, that's great. I think that's it. I think that's it, man. And I feel really good about all the things we talked about. <laughs> I feel like in some ways, like my mind was should we start over? more at ease than it should have been. Oh, so good. hopefully nothing I said. Well, was just you had like, a very busy weekend and I'm sure there's a certain level of exhaustion. I, I got- used up all of my restraint and my, uh, is concision, like my conciseness is concision a word. Uh, this listeners. is what I'm talking about. I, I, I'm saying stuff and my brain isn't filtering it very well because I used I'll, that filter up like I'll allow yesterday con- on Sunday morning. Concision? Concision. I, boy, I hope that's a real word or I'm going to sound like I a gotta complete... I got to get this concision stitched up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm suffering from a concision. See, the conciseness, uh, clarity of thought was all used up yesterday yeah. morning. So. Good luck to you listeners, hopefully. What so, you said was great, Neil. Oh, I doubt that. No, it was great. So I, I have a question for you. I want to hear I, it. I like to end. You do a meet and greet. I don't know what I do at the end. I always... Uh, meet and potatoes. <laughs> so is this the potatoes part? Dude, I'm telling you, it's just... Yeah. No, it's fine. mouth is saying well, stuff. you can edit. Okay. I'm not going to. Bacon or sausage? Ooh. I'm on ooh. a breakfast thing, right? We did waffle pancake. Okay. I'm going to... If I'm eating it... By itself or if I'm eating it in something. If I'm eating it in something. Bites. Bites. Okay, so by itself. By itself, yes. Cool. And by itself. Sausage links. 
Sausage links. Not sausage patties, sausage links. Okay. I could, like a breakfast buffet that has sausage links. Yeah. You know what my plate's going to be full of. And I love bacon. I do. But it's just, I and that's not to say I don't love it by itself. Yeah. I, I love it so much. But sausage links, even more. Really? Yeah. Now, why link over patty? I'm thinking it's a moisture it issue. might be, yeah. yeah. I had that's Links are that's that's more, insightful. I hate this word, but I'm going to say it. Moist. Moist. I don't hate that word. I, I don't mind. I don't like what my mouth does. It's weird. Moist. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> watch, look, watch. Look at my mouth when I say <laughs> moist. Oh, I hate it too. It feels weird. No, yeah, you're right. Patties tend to be drier, I think, because yeah. it doesn't have that casing to kind of keep the, the yeah. goodness yeah, inside. So I think thin. that's that's part of it, uh, maybe for me. I don't know why historically I've not liked it. Um, it seems I don't I don't know. It, it's hard to put into into my like the feel, the mouth feel, the the even like how it makes my lips feel. Like I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to the sausage it patties and, make your lips feel. But that's what I'm saying is like I'm trying to search for what the reason could be. How are I, you? How are you biting it? <laughs> I'm just lipping it. Apparently, <laughs> oh, this is, oh, this is a weird. This is a weird podcast use your episode. Teeth. <laughs> just use your teeth. I do. <laughs> are you kissing it? What are you doing? Sausage patty. Your lips feel weird. Oh, no, no. That's right. what I'm saying. I'm I'm desperately trying to figure out why I like the sausage link over the sausage patty. Yeah. Uh, we need to end this podcast. We, we should. Okay, we okay. Should. do you like bacon or sausage? So if if I'm out, I would prefer sausage links. I'm like you. Okay. If I'm at home, I would prefer bacon. There are certain things yeah. I think that are that you make better at home. Yeah. And I like, I don't like like crazy crispy bacon. If you held it up, you know, an inch over the table and dropped it, it would crack into a million pieces. I like it to be, you know, a a little less cooked than that. And so bacon at home, sausage links, sausage links out. Interesting. (laughs) So you like your bacon like a little bit more flimsy. A little more flimsy. I found that, yeah, I I found that when it's on a burger or something, I like it really crispy. I don't like to take a bite of my burger and then I've got like stringy bacon trying to keep that bite attached to the burger. I don't really care for bacon on a burger. Really? Yeah, which is odd. It's weird because when you come to Jesus, you actually have good opinions about food, so I'll be praying for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm just kidding. No, I I've just always loved bacon on uh on a burger. That's so funny. You yeah. really don't is it a flavor thing or is it just the added texture you don't like it's, it being a part of I it? I find uh bacon to be a dominant flavor and mm-hmm. I really like beef. Yeah. And so uh, I keep my you know burgers fairly fairly simple. Yeah. Rachel likes bacon and onion. she's on an onion kick. Oh yeah. Huge I love huge onion, onion kick. Yeah. Do you I got five guys for her yesterday. Yeah. With and her burger had a bacon and onion. Interesting. So tell me about your burger. So you like to keep it simple. So what would you put on a burger? For the longest, What's a perfect burger? For, for the you? longest time, it would just be you know like a cheeseburger with mm-hmm. just pickle and yellow mustard. Really? That's yeah. it. Yeah. And then I had a Whopper, 
and um, you know, had lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, mm-hmm. ketchup, and pickle. Yep. And I thought that was pretty. That was pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, I can I can eat you know just a, a plain burger. Yeah. Um, so it's not that you won't eat a burger with oh, bacon on I'll it. Eat, you'll still yeah. you'll still find enjoyment in it. Oh but, yeah, for sure. But your preference would be right more simplistic. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but even then, I don't know if I would want the bacon to be crunchy. Yeah, so you'd still like it to be a little, I think chew, so. a little chewy. Like bacon wrapped scallops. Have you yeah, had this yeah, before? Yeah, for sure. You yeah. like those kind of chewy? Yeah, yeah, it's a little flimsier. Yeah, yeah you can't interesting. Chew crispy bacon. Wow. That's cool. Oh, boy. Wow. Well, this was a podcast <laughs> episode if there ever was one. Yeah, lots of And that's why we're going to call choices. it the, the regular reef. <laughs> <laughs> the regular reef. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, thank boy. you so much for listening. Uh, th- I'm glad you're ending us. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And uh, yeah, let's remind them of how they can submit questions since I was so sure. clear earlier. Absolutely. You can email podcast at hopechristianchurch.com to submit a question, whether it's about the sermon series, whether anything in scripture. Yeah. And or a meet and greet. Or a meet and greet. You can yeah. do that as well. Or you can text the number 440-HOPE. Two, two, two. There it is. Good. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks, man. Thank you, everyone. Bye.